All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights. This is the only show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of the investment banking process. Hello, my name is Alex Mason and I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me. Whether you're new to the show or a longtime listener, I am so grateful that you are here. What are we talking about today? We are talking about mergers and acquisitions, my friends. Yes, it has been requested that we get some more M&A questions on the show. And I've, I've told y'all that, yep, it's coming, it's coming. But, you know, let's get through some other topics first. So now we're going through some more advanced mergers and acquisitions concepts. Let's go ahead and talk about today's question, which is this. What's the difference between purchase accounting and pooling accounting? What's the difference between purchase accounting and pooling accounting? Well, let's go ahead and talk about this. This is really just a matter of convention and different methods used to account for different things in the M&A process. Well, purchase accounting, this is what you and I, we're pretty much already familiar with this. We've talked about acquisitions before, and we know that when one company purchases another, they typically treat the combination of the two businesses in the following way. So usually what happens is one company will acquire another company, which is known as the target, and then that company, the target, has their shareholders' equity wiped out. It no longer exists. It literally no longer exists. The balance sheets of the two firms get combined. And then whatever the acquirer pays for the firm above what is considered the net identifiable assets of the target's fair value, that's considered what we call goodwill. So essentially, goodwill gets created through the acquisition. And this whole method is known as purchase accounting. So when a company acquires another, they pay an amount above the amount that's net identifiable assets. And remember, net identifiable assets, that's not like the book value of the firm per se. We're talking about the market value. So if there's certain assets that have a certain book value on the books of the target company, but they're really worth another amount in the market, we're going to use that value in our calculation before we get to Goodwill because we're trying to figure out how much is being paid above fair market value, above net identifiable assets. So just just a quick reminder for you there on that concept. But yeah, that's what purchase accounting is. It's all about accounting for the true expenses of buying another business through Goodwill. That's what it's about. Now let's go ahead and talk for a minute about pooling accounting. Pooling accounting is different. Now under this methodology, the book values of the assets, the liabilities, and the shareholders' equities of each firm in an M&A deal is added or pooled together at the time of the business combination. So in this case, Goodwill actually is not even recorded, if you can imagine that. (laughs) What? Goodwill is not recorded? 
how can this be? <laughs> this scenario actually doesn't happen anymore, but it used to happen in the past. So just a newsflash for you, way back in 2001, the FASB, which is one of the standards boards here in America, they abolished this method in favor of the purchase method. So there used to be two methods, pooling accounting and purchase accounting, and pooling accounting was basically gotten rid of. And the business community generally didn't like this, and you may be wondering why didn't they like the fact that this was abolished? Well, it's because this method was sometimes used when businesses merged together as opposed to what would be considered an acquisition. And it basically hid the costs of the acquisition in a way. Because if you can imagine two firms that, let's say they're similarly sized and they're not necessarily doing a quote-unquote acquisition, one of the other, but it's more of a merger, more of a true business combination of like entities. Well, when this happens, the pooling accounting method essentially allowed both firms to just kind of add together their financial statements. And it was very convenient. It's very convenient. It's easy to do that. It makes sense from some perspective in a logical way, but the problem is the actual cost of the acquisition itself was not being accounted for. And that's why the FASB didn't like it and they abolished it. And this method of pooling accounting, it was used heavily in the tech sector in the late 1990s in America because there's a lot of deal making going on in the tech sector. And it was just so much simpler. Tech companies loved it. They just pulled their accounting together when they merged firm. How this might cause a problem from an investor's perspective or from an investment banker's perspective. You might understate the expenses of a business and overstate the net income when the merger takes place because you're not accounting for those real, very real costs of the acquisition, um, namely goodwill. So you can think about that when you're thinking about the two methods. But ultimately, in today's day and age, pooling accounting is not really a thing anymore. But it is important to know about it because it is a convention that was used in the past and just the logic was a little bit different. So good to understand that relative to what's being used now, which is the purchase accounting method, which, as I mentioned, includes goodwill. Okay, that's what I got for you today here on Investment Banking Insights. My name is Alex Mason. I am your host. Thank you so much for joining me, and I'll see you next time, and we'll be getting into some more M&A questions. Take care.